Recording in progress. Okay. It's going to be a great time. Oh, boy. Okay. Does that sound interesting? Damn, I look so good. All right, let's just wait. You ready? Four hours later. Yeah. Dear tech. Oh, laughing hurts. Cut. All righty. Um, how's everyone doing? <laughs> Hello, Tomid. Nice to meet you. <laughs> hey, friend. Nice to meet you. What are you drinking over there? I literally was telling you, I literally have four freaking beverages. I have charcoal water. I have uh, lemon, apple cider vinegar, turmeric water. I have a everything tastes have bad. Everything water. sounds like it tastes bad. Nice. <laughs> she started off with charcoal water. I was like, oh, you know when okay. the whiskey doesn't hit, you gotta <laughs> you gotta do charcoal water. <laughs> um, yes. So that does not look appetizing at all. Can I can I start yeah. off with something? I just want to start off with something. I'm really excited. I I'm, I'm really am excited. I've been keeping up. You know, I've, I've been I'm, I've been following you guys, uh, not just to support you know my buddy, my brother over here, uh, but you guys really are making some great content and talking about some great stuff. Like, and a lot of the stuff I relate to, you know, in my role, whatever. So like when I'm hearing you guys, I'm like, oh my gosh, these are gems. So uh, appreciate you guys. Seriously. Thank you. That's so nice. It really is. I wish it sent letters to everyone that comes on and say, you have to start with this. <laughs> Please give oh, us compliments. That is, that is a great way to start. Thank you, Thank you so much. Um, yep. Okay. So I actually have a very um, intentional way that I want to start this. And if it doesn't come out the way I want it to, I'll edit it. So it does. Um, I'm not what? drinking. Not taking shots. <laughs> no. Not drinking. Yeah um all right so Tommy, um i you and i know each other really well mm -hmm. and so i wanted to do my best to to make sure like we got the most out of it so i'm going to start somewhere that isn't you know this is a tech podcast we're going to talk about tech of course we all you know we all work in tech but i think from what i know of your life there was a, something that happened in your life before you even were motivated to get into tech or get or you know accelerate your career um, and that was your first 10 K run and the journey up to it and the journey yeah. after it. And after, I feel like that journey is what motivated you to, to actually change your career. Right. Um, because, and you were, you're going to mm -hmm. tell us about what you were doing before tech and, and what that was like. Um, but before we do that, can you start us off by telling us about your first 10 K run and why you did that and why that's relevant to this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're starting off hot. Okay, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> really jumping right into it. <laughs> you know, no, uh, this is like, this is a story that I, I love telling people. I, I don't mind. And when I do tell it every time, I do get emotional. I always tap into that, like, that time frame. Um, so I, I, I want to, it's been a while since I've told because everybody knows about it. Um, so uh, let me see if I can try to condense it. So basically, I was overweight all my life right? Um, being South Asian, our cuisine, everything, our culture is just, uh, just a lot of good food, especially in this family. Uh, but that was something I battled with throughout my, throughout my adolescence and, and teen years and whatnot, and adult years. And I just remember, like, obviously, people who battle with certain things every year, like, I'm like, okay, next year, I'm going to try to try to get in, get on this and, and, and figure this out and try to lose weight, this and that. Uh, but it never worked out. I, I would have some goals, but I, I would always drop the ball some way, right? Um, but a lot of that mentality seeped into the re like the rest of me, like how I viewed life, how I viewed career. 
I didn't even think about the word career at that time when I was when I was that young, um, but just everything. And I remember one year, this is in 2016. I don't know what it was. I just, it was close to my birthday. And I was like, what have I done this year? And my birthday's in November. It's always close to the end of the year. So I'm always kind of like around my time. I'm not only just thinking about my birthday, but also the new year coming up. And I'm like, what have I accomplished this year? And I was looking back at that at that time. And I was like, I, I didn't do anything. I, and, I'm, and I was so disappointed in myself. But I was like, I'm like, at the time, I was like, maybe what? 25, right? 25 turning 26. And I, I saw all my friends and family on social media doing big things. And, and even on LinkedIn, I would see people like really killing it in their careers. And I, I was working, I had just got out of the call center and I was working at another job, which I'm still grateful for. Um, but it wasn't something I loved. But I was like, why am I, why am I here? Why do I feel like I'm not, I'm really purpose driven. I've always thought that like, I always feel like, because I'm a funny guy, I always have intent behind things I do. Um, and I always want to make an impact. And I just felt like I wasn't making impact. I wasn't doing much. So I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to do something that's, that's, that'll change me. That'll shape me. Uh, that'll be memorable. And I remember, and I hated running. I, I, I still, to this day, I hate running. I do it for, for, you know, the fitness, (laughs) fitness part of it. But at that time being overweight and uh, obese, I just, it was like my enemy, but I remember I was like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for one of those runs. I'm going to do a 5k. And all my, some of my coworkers were like, why are you going to do a 5k? This and that. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to challenge myself even more, especially because that's I the only reason. Don't lie. Really that's the only, he didn't <laughs> like the 5k medal and he liked the 10k medal. That's why he ran the 10k. <laughs> the, yeah. The 5k medal was like a monkey and the, the 10k one was like a scorpion. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. That'll be, that'll be dope. <laughs> Uh, so then I, I signed up for the 10K. I tried to talk him out of it. As I signed up for the 10K, immediately, pe- yeah, people were trying to talk me out of it. People were like, Tommy, you're going to get injured. You're going to get hurt. This and that. People were even saying, you know what? If you're going to do it, just walk it. I'm like, whoa, no. Like, and I didn't, it's not that I like blame them for thinking that way because of how I was and my health and everything. So, but like, I was like, you know what? I take this even more as a challenge, right? People were doubting me. So I remember I signed up for it in October. Right. And the, the, the race was in January and I had never in my life switched like that. My mentality, something was different. And I, I ran with that. Like I changed up my diet. I went to the gym every day. I <laughs> lost about 30 pounds, uh, within three months or from October to January. And I went there and I was just run. I ran and I, and I remember I didn't stop. I wanted to stop, but I was running with two of my coworkers. One of them was uh, my manager at the time, who was like my mentor. But I remember I was running with him and he was like, hey, I know you're about to give up, but we're at the last stretch. Just come on, dig deep, dig deep. And I started getting emotional. Like I drive a lot on emotion. And I remember that last stretch and, and Shubo knows he's a runner. The last stretch of like any races, you have all the fans like just like, on the side and they're they're cheering they, they don't know who you are but they're cheering for their person to come through but they're holding signs and i remember i took off my headphones while i'm running and i'm hearing them go crazy and i saw the finish line and i just started getting i started like tearing up and crying while i'm running because i was like i knew as soon as i hit that finish line nothing was ever going to be the same and it wasn't i i crossed it and i started I like embraced uh, one of my coworkers and I just started, I started balling them. It was, 
I knew from that point, I was like, no one, no one can limit my dreams or my ambitions and including myself. And that was my, that was the main person that did do that. That was me. Um, so yeah, it was life changing that, that weight loss thing. And I've continued that I've fluctuated here and there, uh, throughout the past years, but I think I always keep like that motivation and that ambition has only grown since then. And I'm so grateful that I even like, you know, took the opportunity to do that in 2016. And I want to get back to do, do that. I did that like three or four years in a row. It's since COVID it's kind of dissipated, but and I got to go back wanna, to that. I just want to clarify That's that I, so I wasn't cool. trying to doubt him. I was just worried yeah. that he was going to get hurt because 10 K is a lot. <laughs> I, it was, it was a genuine. Yeah. Um, and afterwards I apologize. Wait, 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 real question. Was Shubo at the finish no. line cheering you on? <laughs> Different no, time zones. Yeah, I was in Jersey no, he wasn't. sleeping. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I think he. I no, think no, no. Thought no. that I was going to quit I, no. like, the day of, like, hey. I, no, at that at that point, <laughs> I saw his motivation. <laughs> um, but Tom, it's so you you know you said it, it, at that you know nothing you knew nothing was going to be the same. So let's let's what did that springboard you to like the next part of your life? So because um, I know you kept losing weight, which is fine, but also I think that also as you said triggered something work wise, like career wise. So so talk about how that what that change in lifestyle did for you the rest of your life sure uh okay i'm gonna get, get deep, deep as you i want. hope you guys don't mind that i'm gonna get deep, we like getting uh, deep. It's cool. i'm a deep guy i'm a deep guy so uh, <laughs> sometimes at the wrong times <laughs> we'll be at brunch and i'll be breaking down and people are like dude it's brunch it's brunch uh, okay um so like so majority of my like it's when i was a teenager and going into like you know my 20s I, I always saw like my dad always just like he, there was like a inconsistency with his, his career, right? There was some times where he's gotten laid off this and that. And it's been several times where it was enough to like impact me as, as a young man in the family, right? Like I saw my mom bust her butt, like, you know, um, working, I want to say nine to five, like it was that Dairy Queen, right? We just came to America. Um, but you know, it was a lot more hours than that. And I just, as I didn't realize it at the time when we were going through that, like how much that was actually influencing me and impacting me in, in not the best way. But as I grew, and especially in like my twenties, I was afraid to take chances. Even in my teenage, like late teens and my early twenties, I was afraid to take chances, especially in career. I, I had plenty of conversations with Shubo and, and it's crazy that Shubo would even listen to that because Shubo is a, Shubo's a, a huge dreamer, big ambitions and goals. So I, I can only imagine what he was thinking when his friend, myself, is telling him, hey, I just want a nine to five. I want to make Tell people, tell right? everyone what your, like, goal, what, your, what your dream income was at that point. At the time, I was like, let me, if I make 70 to 75K a year and I have a nine to five, I'm cool. I, I'm good. And I, that, But that was where I was mentally. I was like, as long as I have a stable job. That was it. And that was me for a long time. Um, and I was always, I was very risk adverse. I was, I was so, I was so afraid. Cause I'm like, if I do anything that'll risk my job and it, it would impact me more than like much more deeper. Cause I'd be like, Oh man, this is like, bring me back to that time that like I saw my, my father and whatever. And I don't know. So it's just, it really, for a long time, it was like that. But going back to your question, once I did the 10 K, that first year, once I saw how much work I put in and how much I 
kind of surpassed even my own goals and even other people's goals, I was like, oh, oh no. I've been looking at life from a different lens. And, you know, I might have, in the first several years of my 20s out of college, whatever, I might have uh, kind of just like done mediocre, just kind of stayed below the radar. But I'm like, okay, now it's time. Let's kick it up a notch. So, yeah, I everything after that, I w- my ambition, my drive, my hunger was so much bigger. Like I was talking about career. I was using that word career. And I never used that word before. I was always using the term job. I was like, oh, I'm looking for a new job. I'm looking for But once I hit that next step in my life, that next chapter, I was like, I need to find, I, I want to find my career where I'm making impact. And I think that's a word that I think all of us have kind of thrown around a lot. And I think that it's really underrated. Um, so when I look at like a new role or I look at anything, even when I'm hiring for my team, I'm, I'm not looking at, I, I'm the biggest thing I'm looking for is impact. How are you going to bring impact <clears throat> to our culture, our team? And if I'm looking into something, if I'm looking to roll, I'm not looking at the money part because the money, pe- people will throw money at you. But I'm like, I'm trying to see how I can tap into my talents and my skill set to make impact. Right. So uh, I'm, I think so much differently uh, about like how I maneuver now. So a lot. I think that. that totally probably resonates with so many people. And even like coming right out of college for myself, like I had no idea what I wanted to do. And it was, it was literally just like, finding a job to find a job, like find a nine to five. I feel like it is interesting. Uh, I'll curious to see like your thoughts on this, Tamin and Chuba as well. I, I feel like more recently I've actually been, I, I'm always going to be career driven. Like I identify mm-hmm. with my career a lot. Like it's, I'm always going to have a drive in the professional aspects of my life. But I think yeah. during the pandemic, I actually shifted away from that mindset a little bit more because because I identified so wholly with my job and my career I think almost to a point that wasn't healthy for me and I I mean like past episodes Shubha and I have talked about um the quintessential term work-life balance which I don't like that term what 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 term did we change to do you remember we picked a new term. Do you remember what the term was? It was like life I, I balance or something. Anyways, mm. <laughs> if you think of it, let me know. Um, so I, it was actually, it was just something that shifted for me a little bit more recently. Of like, I'm always going to be career driven and yeah. impact is super important to me too. But it actually was shifting away from identifying so closely with my career and my job to live a more balanced life and put more like energy into things outside of my work. I don't know if that's So you were you were you were on the other end of the spectrum than me. You were all about career, like that's how you identified yourself. Yeah. Oh wow, okay. Wow. <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> not not always by any means, but like yeah. what's the like if someone comes up to you, you're like you're in a networking event or you run into someone in the store and they're like, "What do you do?" What's the first thing that you say? I, when people ask me questions, I turn into like professional mode, like unnecessarily, <laughs> like someone asked me, I was at brunch, uh, or yeah, I was at brunch the other weekend with, the, with a coworker and he's like, Hey, what's your, <laughs> what's your leadership philosophy? And I went into serious <laughs> mode. I was like, here's my philosophy. And I got it. It was like unnecessary, like, 
but honestly, if I really had to drill down, I after that because I was like throwing out so many buzzwords and like things that like I thought people <laughs> like that I thought I needed to say. But then I went back and I was like, I really was like on the drive home. I was like, I need to dilute it. Like I'm like, what is something that I like to that I do in my role, but something that is just all about me? And I would have to say storytelling. Mm. That is my role. That's what I love to do. In my family, I'm like the funny guy. Um, you know, I'm a storyteller by nature and with what I do in every role that I, like, I try to find, like, especially in my role now as a leader, I'm like, okay, I'm building relationships. I'm trying to get alignment, uh, in, in our transformation and whatnot. What does that entail? And the biggest thing is storytelling, right? And everything you do, if you think about it in any, if in most jobs or most career paths, a lot of it, especially when you get into the leadership roles, it's a lot of it is storytelling. Right, we don't really actually do the work. I, I don't actually do the work, but a lot of it is just me storytelling with man, other managers, other directors, other leaders, um, and seeing how I can help move the ship just forward. You know, so I think. No, I was going to say I think I think that's very interesting yeah, because, um, to Fran's point, yesterday I was at a I was an, it wasn't a networking thing. It was just like a social event. It was a friend's birthday, and someone came up to me. And the first thing she asked me, she was like, what do you do? And I was like, is that really the first thing you want to ask me? Um, and I said that because Ooh. I it took, so what Fran was saying, like, I was also very like career driven and, and COVID really did show us like there's life outside of that. But I like about Tomid's answer with storytelling is it it's outside of work too. Like it actually does encompass Tomid as a person. So it's when someone says, what do you do? And you say storytelling, I think to Fran's point, when you're moving away from that only I identify as a career, because like, look, for me, I, I do identify with my career, but I'm also a dog dad. I'm also a podcaster. I'm also like, we have so many things. So with, with yeah. Tom's answer, even though he could be talking about work, but not necessarily, if, if you ask his family and it's like, oh, Tom is a storyteller, they wouldn't even think about his job. They'd be like, oh yeah, of course, like that's what he is. Um, and so I would, I actually would love to, for myself, I would love to, like, I'm not going to steal storyteller from Tom, but I would love to have a, a, an adjective like that, right? Uh, is it an adjective? <laughs> Yeah, adjective, an adjective like that to describe myself, that would be actually very much encompassing. So that's, that's very, um, that's very interesting. But I, I was going to say, Tom, um, yeah. you also, in the more recent years, you've had a few life changes in the last year, year and a half. Um, you've also a little bit, yeah. I mean, you're still very career driven, but you have a lot more life now outside of that. So I feel like you've also kind of moved yeah. away from it and we, we yeah. can't see that uh, you move it closer. <clears throat> No, uh, wait, you have to move it closer. Oh, you can't. His wife. He, he got married us. last year. Yeah, his, his oh, one year anniversary congrats. is coming up. Oh, those yeah. Are, yeah, his one year anniversary okay. is coming up. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so that that's, I think a lot of people, um, and, we, and it, we talked about it, but I think a lot of people after the pandemic realized like there's more to life and, and that's, and you can still be driven and you can still be very career oriented, but I think even if you're working many hours a week, as long as you mentally know for yourself that there's more, I think that's, that's like the important part. Yeah. That's, that's huge. 2020, I think was a huge catalyst to all that. Like, I think before that, I think companies and organizations and all that were definitely thinking about culture and, you know, how can we help our workforce, our people, right? But after, but once 2020 hit and we all went home and worked from home, the lines blurred everybody right and it was in the beginning i will be honest like i and i've asked several other people and they kind of feel the same way but it was a mental 
it, you it, can't. It, no, no. We, cur- we curse on this. We, we cuss. We, but it was, yeah, yeah, we fucking curse all the time. It was a mental mind fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You, 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 you see how relaxed you got there. Okay, yeah, gotcha. we, we curse on you. It was a mind Yeah. It was a mind fuck. Because I, I was like, I had just gotten into the new role, uh, like my my next role, and I was in the office, and a part of the office, again, people, like, we were so used to being in the office that, yes, it was, like, the idea of working from home was was great, right? Uh, but we didn't understand just, like, the mental, like, the mental shift of going into work, right? Having those, like, water cooler conversations, grabbing your coffee, um, being able to walk over to your coworker, your team member, or another person, um and uh, on the floor and just being able to have a conversation or getting a hold of them and, and face-to-face conversation whether it's serious or whatever it is it's it, it hits different and then when you're leaving work it was like a sense of accomplishment right like you're leaving work and you're like whew i i need a drink i need something whatever i need. and you would drive home and you would just be like decompressing now or since 2020 it was like the lines blurred and people would start working longer hours but also like you would see so much, so many things were going on. Like their their home office was either in the kitchen or in their bedroom, and it was just because no one was prepared for. It. No one really had a setup, so it was just it was just really weird. And like ever since then, I think organizations and whatnot were now like it, you have to think about like culture. You have to think about like a lot more than just the money because when you're interviewing these like anybody they're probably interviewing tens or 20 roles, right? Within that week, maybe, right? So our thing is, it's like, how do you differentiate? What are some game changers? What are some, besides the money, because some people now, I don't think people will make a decision over money. I've been having conversations with several people where they'll say, yeah, this role is paying me more, like about 10 grand more, but this other job, I'm more flexible. I'm more this, I'm more that. I have a few people that I know that haven't left their job right now they could be making much more money, but it's because of their either their company culture, their team culture, or their flexibility. So there's so many other things that we got to like, as leaders, uh, as recruiters, or whatever role, as leaders of organizations, we got to take into consideration because the money will be there for those those people trying to like find a job, right? Um, but we got to really think about not just the people that we're bringing in, how can we really like entice them to come in and like be a part of our brand, but also the people who are with us. Right, we gotta treat them good too. Like, like sometimes it's like we kind of forget those who have been with us because they just they're working. That we assume they appreciate it, but we gotta keep that in the uh, forefront of our minds. Like, okay, we gotta keep enhancing our culture, right? Because like again, we're paying them, but they can get paid anywhere else, right? Why do why should they stay here? I love that. So, yeah, I think that's such a good point. It's like the because everything was like so unceremoniously like mushed together between personal and professional throughout the pandemic like that was brought to the forefront of of the conversation um i'm gonna put a pin in that one real quick and so everyone can have a little bit more context around your background to mid and what you do now and how you kind of got there tying back to when you did the race and there was like Mm -hmm. a full mindset shift in how you view your career and like the goals you had and and what you wanted to do with your life where um i I know you mentioned you were at a call center can you take us through kind of high level career trajectory from then to now yeah um 
<laughs> no, di- no and, and, and go on. <laughs> so, don't go too high level. Go dig deep into the shadowing part and that, that experience of getting into tech. So go start at the call center, but but go deep into the getting into tech sure. part. Because you're not technical, okay. just so the people know. Like you're you sure. never okay. were technical. <laughs> I was having trouble connecting my Bluetooth. So if anybody <laughs> just letting you guys know. All right. <laughs> uh okay. So I had just graduated from uh Rutgers, Woo. like in my from my bachelor's. And yeah. And I was I was living on the East Coast majority of my life. And if anybody knows the East Coast, uh, a lot of our viewers, I'm sure. Your viewers, no, I'm a part of this podcast now, just letting you know. Uh, <laughs> a lot of your viewers, I'm sure, are from the East Coast, right? But um, I, it, it just like I needed to get out of Jersey. I, I was like, you know, I need something different. Again, my mentality was just like, I need something fresh. I need something new, and I want to grow. I always want to grow, uh, but I was like, what? This is before the 10K, but I was like, you know what? My sister was already living in Arizona, and I was like. I already loved visiting Arizona. So she's like, you know what? Why don't you come out here? She was working at University of Phoenix at the time. And she was like, hey, why don't you come out here, work for University of Phoenix and do your master's, do your MBA, and maybe you'll figure it out. I was like, all right, okay. And I applied for like a certain role. I didn't get it within the University of Phoenix, um, which is fine because looking back at it, but I, the only job that, was, that I was able to get was the call center. I was so like, I was like, not looking down on anybody that does that role, but this is where my mentality was. I thought, again, I, I thought I, just because I had a degree that I was better than that role, I should. And I was like, I, I was telling my sister, I was like, I have, you know, I got the job for the call center, but I'm not coming out for the call center job. She goes, uh-uh, you're coming out here for an opportunity, take it. And again, we'll figure it out. So I'm telling all my friends and family, Oh, I got this great job at, you know, over in Arizona. So I'm moving there, blah, blah. They're like, really? What job? I was like, oh, I'm some advisor at University of Phoenix, blah, 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 blah. And they were like, oh, okay. So, but they, I was so embarrassed to tell them that I was moving for a call center job. Uh, Cause then they would have looked at me sideways. Like, really, Tommy? You're moving for that? But um, I think that was the best thing for me. I met, uh, I met some great leaders uh, during my call center uh, times, you know, I really learned the value of, that's where I learned the value of, um, I want to say impact and, and why behind doing anything, right? I remember, again, my mentality at the call center, I was the only one in there with a degree, so I thought I was better than, right? Which was wrong of me. But I remember I was, every day I'd begrudgingly calling, 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 and everyone would be, be like, I'm not interested, this and that, this and that, this and that. And I remember one day, still sticks out, there was this one woman who was like, Hey, I don't have time to call right now. And I'm just thinking she's about to click. I'm like, okay, no worries. I'll set up a call back for another time. She goes, no, no, no. I, I want you guys to call me back. Can we set it up for Saturday, uh, Friday at this time? I see all my friends with degrees. They're moving forward in life and I don't have one. And I just, I feel stuck. I really need help. And I really do like, I need this call back. And it hit me. Like it hit me. I was like, and since at that time, since then, I always refer back to that. Like, so when I'm doing a role or doing anything I don't like to do, I always try to understand the why. And at that time I was like, while I'm in the call center, I'm reaching out to people who to help further them in their lives, right? And they're like, maybe not everybody feels as, feels how she felt, but I know if I can keep making those calls, I can I can maybe touch someone else that can, you know, get them to the next part of their life. So anyways, um, I did the call center. From there, I joined workforce management and I was doing that for about three or four years. And I was, I was kind of dragging my feet along the way, you know, to be transparent. I 
I was killing it in the first year, but then I just kind of, it wasn't my passion. And I remember this is, to this day, I'm so grateful for, the, for, this, uh, for this individual, uh, Nathan. Nathan's my, he, you know, he's my mentor. He was my manager uh, at that time. And he's kind of like a, he gets weird when I say father figures. I always say like an uncle. That way he feels better about it. But I remember, <laughs> I remember one day I was telling him, I was like, hey man, like, I can't do this. And I applied to a few other jobs and he knew it wasn't my passion. And we had a good connection. So I was able to be transparent with him. And I told him, I was like, hey, I interviewed for this role somewhere else. It's, I couldn't even tell you what it was, but um, I was like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to take it. And, it. and it wasn't paying any much, like that much more. I just wanted to leave because I just, I was like, this isn't my, this isn't my thing. Workforce isn't my thing. Uh, it's not my passion. He's like, you know what? I know why you're leaving. I get it. Why don't you stick with me and we'll find you something, right? Because I don't think you're going to be happy there. And at least here, I can, I can help you. We can work on this. I said, okay. And I trusted him. You know, I, I thought of him as my mentor and I really had a lot of trust in him. And I remember I was trying to get into like project management and we had within the office, we had a project management team within that was next to our workforce team. And I asked him to see, if, you know, that leader would let me shadow. Uh, and he's like, yeah, let me look into it. That was like on a Monday. On Friday, he calls me like after work. Like it was like, it was like maybe 4 p.m. He's like, hey, I couldn't get you like a, I, I, I reached out to the project manager uh, leader and she doesn't have anybody that can have you shadow them. There's a lot going on over there. However, um, I can get you, I spoke to someone else and I can get you into the next Scrum Master uh, training course on Monday. And it's Monday and Tuesday. Can you do it? I was like, I could do it, but what am I gonna tell the team? He's like, don't worry about it. I was like, are you sure they're gonna be mad? He's like, don't worry about it. Just show this, up this Monday and Tuesday. This was boss at the time, right? In that this role? This my boss. Okay. In, my, in that role. And that's, I'm very grateful for him because that opened all the doors. And I remember, so I got, I did the Scrum Master training. It was in person for two days. I studied every day in a Starbucks or every other day in a Starbucks for two, three hours. I was so, to me, I was like, this is the career. This is it. I already know it. Like this is in tech. I was nervous about that because I, I wasn't technical, but Scrum Master is, uh, I was just like, I need to get this job. It, it was do or die for me. I was like, this is, I think this is it. So I was studying every other day in a Starbucks and it felt like college years, but I took it more seriously. Like it, it was crazy. Um, and I remember while I was studying, I was also shadowing like their department, lean agile services, the scrum, the tech department was in the next building on the campus. So my, my leader at the time, he was like, Hey, if you can make time two to three times a week, go shadow. So two to three times a week, I would go shadow. And I was, I was getting my face all over there. Like people knew me people actually started, I started building relationships over there. They were hiring and I interview. I'm thinking for the past two to three months, I'm shadowing, I'm a shoe in, I'm getting the job. And then I remember I was like, I wasn't even worried. That was the craziest part. I wasn't even worried. I was just waiting for, I was thinking about negotiations at the yeah, time. Yeah, he was asking me. He, he called <laughs> me. He was like, what should, was, if, they, if they offer me X, how, how do I get more money? <laughs> yeah. I was like, I ain't taking less than this. I'm asking for a parking spot, all that. And then, and then I remember I got an email saying, hey, we found, we're moving forward with other individuals. And, I, and it hurt me. That hurt me. There's not like, I think Subo knows this for me as an individual. I don't, 
it's not that I don't care about a lot of things. For me, I'm very much like, it is what it is. Keep it moving. I learned what I learned. And I, a lot of, th- especially at the time um, when I was younger, less things affected me because like, I didn't have a lot of ambition. So when you don't have a lot of you ambition- You didn't care. You can say you didn't things care. Don't you can say you didn't much, care. Right? When you really yeah. want something, I didn't care. I didn't care about a lot of things, right? But then like, as I was getting older and more mature, and this is something I, for the first time, I was really wanting, um, it hurt me. It hurt me. I didn't know what to think. I started doubting myself. I'm like, I've been shadowing. I've been doing all the right things. Why didn't I get this? My, I called my leader, uh, Nathan. I called Nathan, and he was like, listen, I know it sells, but now we have a North Star. Let's keep working at it. Don't stop. Because if you stop now, then maybe you didn't really want it. I said, all right, bet. So I kept shadowing, kept shadowing. And, you know, I even, I even reached out to the two people at the time who were kind of taking me under their wing. They were two, uh, you know, agile coaches. And I was like, hey. I didn't get the job. It's a little unfortunate. Um, you know, I'm bummed, but I, I want to know, like, what's some feedback? That way I can work on it. And they were like, you know what? Why don't you, we would love to take you out to lunch. I was like, what? I'd never heard of that. Like, where you didn't get the job, but they still want to take you out to lunch, right? <laughs> so they took me out to lunch and they're like, hey, we did go with, you know, the hiring leader did go with someone else, but we really see a lot of potential in you. Um, so let's, let's keep at it. You know, we appreciate you, like, the past several months really showing your personality and really coming in and trying to just dive into it and it was just it just meant a lot to me that they still valued me valued me and whatnot so i kept that fire burning and then i want to say another three or four months later uh, i remember the hiring leader the vp he called me in his office and at that time i think i was like i didn't ex- i didn't know what to expect i had interviewed it was my second interview and i was like he's just gonna tell me to my face that he, you know he doesn't want me so I'm sitting there and I'm like, not even hyped. I'm like lowering my expectations. And then he turns the computer and he's like, you see all these, you see all these people, the qualified people. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I'm going to have to send an email to them today to tell them I found my next trimester. I was like, <laughs> Oh who? my God, what a heavy. <laughs> I still didn't know. He's like, I was like, who? <laughs> who are you going to hire? <laughs> you call me and you're going to tell me about your new hire someone else. Oh. <laughs> and then I was like, I couldn't tell you, I couldn't tell you what that did for me. Again, the, the 10K was, again, I think every, everybody's life has different moments where you know it's going to change your life. You know this is like a milestone or something in your life where it's like, this is like a life-changing moment, right? If, if this is our book, this is like one of those like little tabs that you put on the page where it's like, hey, like highlight this page, right? And this, the, the, the 10K was the first one. Right. And then I want to say this one was like the next milestone where I was like, it wasn't about the job. It was a lot bigger than that. It was, Tom, just like the 10K, you applied yourself and you have something that people see in you. You have not just a personality, but you have some skill set, whether it's tangible or intangible, you have something that can create an impact. Um, So look, now, now, now the work actually starts. This is you, you wanted a career. All right, here we go. This is the start. And I was so nervous it was in tech. And I remember my team members when I started like uh, in workforce, when I was telling them like, hey, I got a new role, it's a scrum master, this and that. I remember Nathan and a few other people, they're like, listen, you have so much potential to be a rock star in anything you do, but like, don't squander it away, right? We know that your personality, you just like, <laughs> if it's not your job, you just kind of like, all right, I'll just keep it moving. Or, you know, you kind of start dragging the feet. Don't do that here, because in tech, They'll eat you alive, right? But you have the quality. You have the superstar potential in anything. 
And ever since then, I've never, anything I've wanted to do after that, I was like, I don't want to just be, I don't want to just do it. I don't want to just be good at it. I want to be great at it. I want to make a name that transcends like industries and all that. Like I, I really want to be like the Ted Lasso almost, right? <laughs> Where people know me for my personality and, and just like my intangibles. Um, so yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. I, I have two things from your story. So one, actually three, one, your yeah, VP, yeah. like <laughs> you couldn't have just said you got the job. Like he's got to play out the whole, play out the whole thing for you. Uh, I, I swear to you, I almost bit. blacked out. I almost blacked out. Like when he turned the screen, when he turned the screen, yeah. I was about to flip it. I was about to be like, this. You see all these good qualified candidates. You're not oh in this list. <laughs> yeah. Jesus, that would have been fucking hard. Yeah. Um, sure. And then second, I feel like that has to have, like, just like you said, like that was such a profound moment in your life because you said, you shared from the, from in the beginning, you were afraid. I don't think you used these exact words, but there was fear in taking risk because you didn't want to fail. And then you worked really hard. You failed the first time you mm. kept going and then you got it. So like that win, like has to like have solidified that behavior of taking the risk and doing the work and even when you like a step have to take a step back or out of your own controls to take a step back and then you keep pushing forward and then you win yeah i i actually have a question for you two i'm flipping because <laughs> i'm one of the hosts now. um okay <laughs> so one thing i did learn during that time i felt like i had to like i felt like i uh, did things out of my comfort zone, right? Like, and I also was, I started to not be afraid to ask for certain things or ask for like time to shadow or time, like for an opportunity, right? And I always, I say this to everybody that like my mantra is closed mouths, don't get fed, right? Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid to ask for things, right? Like, cause you will never know whether, and that goes outside of just career. It can be relationships, it can be anything, friendships, whatever. So I wanna ask you guys like, like, what is something that like you have asked for like that like that kind of peeks out from your memory that like you are so happy that you asked for that right now you wouldn't have what you have or certain things that you have if you didn't have the courage to ask for it like i really want to know like dm yeah i would say like a more recent one for me is um I have like very, so I'm a, I manage a recruiting team right now across product and design. And I have very, very, what's the word I'm looking for? I have aggressive goals in terms of where I want to go in leadership. And yeah. I want to keep moving up within the management um, lane. And Shuba and I both went through um, this leadership development program with the company mm -hmm. yeah. last year <laughs> my perception of time is warped um <laughs> and that springboarded me just being very intentional about the path i want to take and what steps it, i need to take to get there and breaking it down yeah. and realizing like i am the i am the captain of my own ship and because yeah. i i previously have very much so like taken the path in my life in my career of 
when I get to the fork in the road, I'll, I'll pick a side. But outside of that, like I'm mm. not really steering my ship. I'm just kind of letting it float and whatever comes yeah. comes. Um, so now, uh, I think it was last year I'd reached out to, um, my VP who I wasn't directly reporting into and asked him if I could get career development from him. We, I, I so first we just had a very transparent conversation about my goals what was attainable for me, like next steps within the company, without the company. And he offered to mentor me and I wasn't even directly reporting into him. Um, and so even still now I, I meet with him biweekly. Um, I've learned a shit ton from him. Like we talked through everything. He gave me feedback on the podcast like two weeks ago. Nice. Um, so it's been like just like you said like your similar experience like asking to shadow like something that's not even in your normal job description and it's you just taking that initiative um to learn more that that's been a big win for me um yeah i think mine is a little different so i feel like i've never been afraid to kind of ask for things I'm, i'm 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 a you know I like asking for things, um, but I think for me, <laughs> I think for me before before the this this role, um, I I was rec- and and I've said this before, but it's like I've I've been, I was recruiting and I was like doing my thing, but I wasn't not that I wasn't thinking about management. Like I've always wanted to be a leader. I've always tried to lead. Like it's always been something that I've always wanted to do. Um, but when this role came up. I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't aware of it, obviously, but someone told me like, Hey, we have this management role. You might be great for it. And my initial thought was, I'm not sure, which was, which I, I killed right as soon as, as soon as it, like I thought it, I was like, Nope, I got it. Th- this is my chance. This is my chance at transitioning to management. Yeah. Um, I think the way that I approached the interview would be that would be that like closed mouths don't get fed where it, like I went into it as like, I'm the best candidate. I went into it as I am a, I am a manager. I'm a leader. Yeah. Even though I did I wasn't there. As soon as I got into the interview, everyone I spoke to, I almost like spoke it as if I've already been managing. They knew I didn't. They knew my like I was already at the company. Um but yeah. that was one of those things. I think it's like the confidence part of it was was showing them that like I can do this type of deal. Um but besides that, I don't know if there's anything specific for me yeah. because I I really am someone who tries their best to ask for as much as possible um that wasn't always the case but i think over the last few years for sure yeah yeah that was a good question you should uh you know i'm glad you joined the team (laughs) yeah right you should be a podcaster um but you know it's but it's funny though that you got the opportunity to become a scrum master because that's a very specific role and i feel like you know when we when we talk about like your skills before you got into the role you're a people person you build relationships that's like natural to you and you got a role that's leadership via relationships Mm -hmm. essentially right and it's very cool that that's what came that's like you could have been a pm you could have been a project manager and it would have been fine right and project managers also are relationship based but scrum master is very different right so it's a very different way to manage a project and it's really interesting that like you got that opportunity which Basically, you got paid because of the skills that you developed yourself, right? Yeah, that's a really good point. And going back to like that that moment where um, that VP hired me, I was like, part of me just wanted to stroke my own ego. I was like, 
why? Like, why, why are you hiring me? Like, just, I need to know, like, right. And we had a good, we had a good relationship. So I just wanted to like, understand, like, you have so many qualified candidates. Why? I asked him right then and there. And he was like, Tom, everyone, like, and he just, he told me, he's like, turn around. And I turned around and it was a floor full of people. Right. And he's like, all those people are techies. They're dorks. They're geeks. I have enough of them. I need someone who can talk to people. I need a people person. I will never forget that because <laughs> I took that and I ran with it. And it was weird because like in the beginning, I was like, when I first, my day, the first week or first two weeks of, uh, you know, being a scrum master, I always prided myself on, I know how to communicate with anybody. I know how to get on people's levels. My personality can seep into anybody's like little shell and, and I can get along with most people. Tech people, different. I hate to say it, but they're different, right? Like it's just, it's a different culture. It's a different breed of people. Uh, they're just, again, there are a lot of them are just heads like down, focused. So yeah, and like sometimes, and my personality isn't, it doesn't mix the best in, in, in this industry sometimes, right? So a lot, so in the beginning I was like, ooh, maybe this wasn't the right move. Cause like I would be saying jokes, like just to break the ice during like our retrospectives or team meetings. Nobody would laugh. And I was like, all right, don't ever say that again. All right. Um, but then eventually as I got into the group of things um, and just like, okay, Tommy, like, like don't overdo it, but just be yourself and just like, just care, just care. Right. And just try to build those relationships and maybe they'll come along. That's what happened. Like over time, like I learned how to be a servant leader. I, I know that's a term that's almost getting outdated. Right. But being a servant, I really learned how to, paint a picture because I'm not anybody's leader, direct leader, right? On the team, but how can I get people to buy into what I'm saying? Right. So I, I got to really be able to paint in story. There we go. Bring it right? back. My mom, <laughs> my, my whole thing. It, yeah. So I had to really story tell into getting people to buy into the culture I'm trying to instill on the team, the, the big picture of what we're trying to build and what we're trying to uh, get done. So that was, it was so, it was challenging because it was a different industry, different people, but I learned the most. And I, as I got going, I only, I would like to think that I got better and better and I feel like I started creating my own brand and brand is another thing that I'm, I oh, wait. like, yeah, yeah, things, yeah, yeah. Things, so things. first thing is, is yeah, I hope sorry. servant leader doesn't go out of style. It's my favorite. Sorry, it's sorry. I, servant leadership. I think is probably one of the most important ways to lead people, but we're not going to get into that yet. What I want to say yeah. is your VP gives you information with like homework. It's like, do you read this list? Turn around, look at all these people. It's like, bro, just tell me, just talk to me. Cause every, like, I'm getting anxiety. I'm like, he's over here like, making you do things. It's like, yeah. you, want, you want the answer to this question? Five jumping jacks, run a lap, come back. And then I'll tell you, the, I'll tell you the answer. Uh, that, that VP was one of the hardest people to read. He was Australian and he just had like a very, it was surface level, but also deep. Like, but it was just hard to read. I really pride myself on being able to read the situation and read people. He was so difficult to read, um, but like through time, our relationship really grew. I still came in contact with him. I texted him the other day. Um, he was He's one of those guys who, if he could, he would give you the shirt off his back. Uh, really, really appreciate him. And I will I will forever like be so appreciative of, of a, a person who gave me an opportunity. I think that it's very seldom sometimes where individuals rather lean towards people who have had the expertise, had the experience, have the skill sets on paper, right? Uh, but for people, and almost, now that I'm thinking about it, almost every hiring leader has hired me based on potential. 
based on potential. Mm -hmm. I've almost never been qualified on paper for something when I got it. The only thing that was overqualified <laughs> for was a call center. And I couldn't even do that way. Uh, but it's just, uh, but when I'm just like, when I was doing workforce, I wasn't, I've never done workforce and I never did analytical jobs or anything. So they hired me based on potential and my personality and then scrum master and then my leadership role that I'm in now. Like it's all because like people are willing to take a chance on me and the personal brand that I built. So yeah, very much appreciate them. Were all of those situations from, from a recruiting perspective, it's always so interesting, uh, assessing people based on potential. Cause it's like, how do you actually assess for that for all of yeah. those scenarios and, and situations where you feel like that has been the case for you and you have been hired based on potential and brand? Yeah. What did you already, was it? companies where you were already working at and you were able to build rapport or was it coming from the outside and you had connections or like how I'm curious, like how you feel like those interviewers and those hiring managers were able yeah. to assess you for potential. That's a really good question. I can answer um, <laughs> so like, yeah, no, I'm not going to answer your question. You <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm no. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> um, both, uh, I want to say when I was uh, like working at Workforce and then tra transitioning to the Scrum Master role, it was in the same company, right? So, but like, I didn't have any connections with the tech department. Mm. Never mm -hmm. did, yeah. So me shadowing was, was like the biggest thing that helped me. But I think that like, I think, again, my personality, I, it really did help a lot. But when they gave me the when they gave me the opportunity based on the potential, I knew that I if they gave me the opportunity, if they held the door for me, someone who may have not been the most qualified, and they had a bunch of other candidates, I had to run with that opportunity, and I want to make that person proud and be like, and I always I text my VP even now and oh the former VP and I'll be like, was that the best hire <laughs> that you've ever had? He's like Tommy, he's he texted me this and I almost brought a tear in my eye. He's like Tommy, like you enhanced my career. Like, I appreciate you. I didn't take a chance on you. I already knew that you, yeah. Like, so he's, he always, always just like, he, he always just made sure that like my, my, um, my ego was stroked and made sure that my confidence was high. <laughs> but, but then in this new, in this new, uh, place, I, uh, this new firm that I work in now. So I start off as a scrum master and then my, it was my performance. Um, and it was also the brand that I built. Of consistency and whatnot um that's what got me to the next opportunity as a team leader now so yeah it's it, I, it's a little bit of a mix of both it's again me transitioning from scrum master to leader within the same firm i didn't have any connections with the other leaders i didn't have it and i was new still i was still new to the firm so it's not like i had a bunch of connections i was about seven or eight months in and then i took the chance and they mm -hmm. had to get my they had to get my manager's approval uh, for me to interview because it was less than a year, but that's how much I believe in myself. That's how much my own leader was even like, Tom, I think if you apply for it, they're going to ask me for my special approval. I'll give it. I think that, you know, you're, I think you've got what it takes if you have the opportunity, if they gave you the opportunity. So yeah, it was a little bit of mix of both. It was, it was a little bit of like, some people helped kind of open the door a little bit, uh, but it was definitely just like my own personal brand that I think that really helped me get through. No, that's huge. That's yeah, huge. For sure. I, I, and that's I think awesome. that's what that's another thing about the uh, importance of personal brand because even being at a new company, 
being someone who who makes yourself um makes people aware of your existence right because some people you know you get to a new company you don't want to shake the boat too much you just do your job and everything but i you know and it's uh, we've uh friend we, yeah. we had a thing earlier a, call, um, a recording earlier where we talked about self-advocacy and i think that's a big one right where you have to show people what you can do especially at a new company right especially when you get somewhere new you don't want to just do the minimum or just do you know you like for lack of a better word, be loud, right? Like do good things and be loud about it. So no, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So can you actually tell us um, for people, for from you not coming from a tech background, how did you thrive after you got the job? So you said you ran with it, but like after you got, how did you shine at that company while you were, while the years that you were there after you became a scrum master, not being technical aside from, you know, you said, right. Like the, the personality clashes, but like also, you know, when people are talking about, you know, JavaScript and C plus plus, and you don't know any of that stuff. Um, what did you do to be able to yeah. be successful in tech without having any, cause you didn't like you, you didn't know anything about, and as a, as your friend, I can tell you, like, I can say this like out loud. He didn't know <laughs> shit about shit about tech. Like, uh, it's not a, it's not even a joke, <laughs> easy, easy, but easy. no, cause it, cause easy. for me, like at that time I was already like tech recruiting. So I, I feel, and like I was, I, I had worked a little bit in a little bit in tech. Um, but I, you know, I knew what he was getting himself into. And again, I, but this, I, I will say this time I didn't tell him not to do it. I was like, do it just study hard. Um, but what, you know, for the people that are listening that may want a career in tech that, that weren't in tech, that want to transition into tech, what did you do to make yourself? Cause right now you're heavy in tech, right? You've been in tech for the past, what, like four or five years now. And that, that yeah. this is the industry you're sticking to from, from what you've told me. Um, so what did you do to yeah. shine in that role yeah. at uh, university of Phoenix? Those, those two years. Yeah. It's a really good question. I think like in the beginning, I was just trying to, I was trying to absorb as much as I could. So I was very insecure. So when they were talking, because all my other peers, all my other scrum masters at that time, they were, they were from a tech background, right? But they, so in the beginning, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm the only person in tech in this building that doesn't know anything, <laughs> that doesn't know jack shit. Um, and I was just so, like when they were talking, when the team was talking, everything was going over my head. I don't know another, like it's... That had to be one of the most intimidating moments or times of my life where I was just like, they're speaking, I'm in a leader, coach leadership role, if you will, on the team, and I don't know what the hell they're saying, right? Everything's about APIs, microservices, spikes, stories, all that stuff. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but then I think, <laughs> but then my VP and also my leader, uh, both of them did not quit in stroking my ego, but also keeping my confidence high. It's almost like sports. Like when you have a star player and you know you have a star player, you want to keep the confidence high, right? Um, so that's what it was. They were like, Tom, we're not asking you to build something. We're not asking you to know these things. That'll come. You're drinking from a fire hydrant, which your role is a scrum master, leading them through the agile framework, right? So I knew the agile framework. I remember I told you guys I was at Starbucks every other day, right, studying. I knew the agile framework. It was just applying it to uh, what we were doing. So I was like, you know what? If all else fails, lean on that but also i got really comfortable with playing the hey guys i'm i'm the dumbest guy here why don't you break this down to me right and very quickly i realized that a lot of the team members and, and, and everybody like in in tech sometimes you get so tech that it's it, it's an impediment to yourself right like you are so granular and you're talking 
like a certain way that the tech jargon, it goes over a lot of people's heads, right? And I realized that this isn't my, what my role is, is to really empower uh, the team and the knowledge will come. Like, yes, since then I've gotten more knowledge. I've, I've done more learning since then. Things do make a little bit more, a lot more sense to me now. I'm not still the most tech person, right? But a lot of the leadership roles within tech, they have a certain, a certain amount of knowledge, but they let the experts lead, right? They let them lead. So it, it, for me, I got comfortable with they're their experts in their lane. I'm the expert of my lane. Now let's work together, right? So it, it took a lot of time to, for me to get comfortable with that. Um, it took a lot of like, you know, I would ask a lot of dumb questions. I would ask a lot of what does this mean? What is I would I'd even like on this, my spare time, I'd be like, hey, developer, can I sit with you? Right. It was back to the shadowing days. And I, and I am not afraid of that sitting right next to him and be like, talk me through this. How do you, what does this mean? And it would take one, two, sometimes three sessions. And sometimes I would even get it, but I think I also earn my team members respect that, Hey, this guy, like he doesn't need to know tech, but he's willing to sit with me and just, and learn or try to learn. Right. And, um, things got easier at the time, but I think just really just knowing that what my role is, is to be a coach, a team coach. Right. And just talking agile to them. Um, so yeah, just, just, I, I think I was trying to be bigger. I was trying to do more than I should. Um, and that's what made I, me more intimidated. I think but, you said a gem, yeah, not, not just for tech or for scrum masters. I think le for leadership as a whole, I think you said a gem that you let the experts lead in their field where I think, um, Simon Sinek says this thing where he says, as a leader, you're not responsible for the results. You're responsible for the people that are responsible for the results. And I think whether it's yeah. tech or anything, when you're a leader, if you know they you know like if you try to do everything right then you're not leading or if you're like you know physically yeah. doing all the things the difference is be letting the experts lead so i thought that was really cool but um no that's that's awesome i think too like i think i've so many people can relate to stepping into new environments and when you take on a new role like you don't know the environment at all whether it's functionally yeah. or solely just the environment and people come in and have um what's the term you gotta give me some more words where are you <laughs> you gotta you gotta give me some more words you, um oh you go into a room and you okay. imposter syndrome. Like, he's like you go into a room and you forget what you, why you went in there that's that's what happens to me <laughs> Uh, like you have imposter syndrome, so you feel like you want to know what, what you're talking about and be an expert, yeah. and you fear like, oh shit, like am I worthy of this space? Am I supposed to be here? And I think yeah. it, embracing, like knowing that you're not going to be an expert, and like just what you said, tying the leadership aspect as well too. Like that's not what you're there for, and also giving yourself grace that like any new environment you come into, like you're never going to know everything right off the bat, especially in that kind of fire hose um structure yeah. so i think that i'm sure that resonates with so many people um i i oh sorry go ahead Continue. Okay. Oh, okay. i was gonna uh, go on a different I, tangent so you go <laughs> okay. no i was just gonna say that like i am completely and utterly grateful for the people who have continued to have my back though like i can't like hey people took chances on me that's one thing right but the next Part of it was people still like again i related to sports to have a coach have a leader to be like hey don't worry keep shooting hey don't worry keep running you're good it's very again 
it's not very often where people feel empowered to make mistakes. People feel empowered, especially in a new role where you don't know what you're doing or you haven't had the experience. You are so afraid to fail. So having leaders to be like, no, we hired you for a reason. No, you're here for a reason. You're good. You're good. I would hear that almost every other week. You're good. I promise you that helped me so much. Um, so I, I really will say like having leaders, that's why leadership is, has so much more weight nowadays than they used to, mm -hmm. right? Before people used to say, my boss, this and that, this and that. I literally, I try to make it an intentful thing. When I talk about certain individuals, I will say, oh, that, that's my leader. That's my leader. I have a great leader right now, right? But like when someone is really bought in and is behind you and invested in you and your growth, I think it really, I, I think you should, as a person, you should also realize the support system that you have, right? Because it's not very often that people will be like, hey, you fell, I'm here to pick you back up. Let's keep going, let's keep going. Don't be afraid to fail because a lot of people, that'll stunt people's growth because maybe you do get hired for potential, but if the environment isn't set, where you, especially your leadership isn't making you feel like, okay, for making some mistakes and learning from them and this and that, you're gonna, you're gonna be afraid to fail. But mm -hmm. I think, I think failing is like one of the, it's not one of the, it's one of the best things, right? Because when you, when we yeah, all talk about stories, so storytelling, right? <laughs> when we are talk when we're all talking about stories and me, especially when I talk about stories, I'm talking about my, <laughs> it's those moments where I'm embarrassed at the moment, like, you know, when it happens to me, but I talk about those negative times uh, and I look back at it, I'm, I'm like, I learned the most from them. So they make the best stories and uh, yeah. Yeah. I think they say, I think still so many articles and like statistics show your direct manager is the number one reason why people stay or leave jobs. Mm -hmm. and, and obviously from all the stories you shared, like it's such a profound impact on not only your career, but your life and your mentality yeah. and how you win, how you fail, all of those things. Yeah. Um, what obviously having, it sounds like having such a profound experience in your career at, in that time at that role, what led you to moving into your new company and taking that next step in your career? Why'd you quit, Tom? Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I thought that I had built a brand that was like pretty big and I thought that I was doing really, really well. And at the time I just felt like there was a few, several reasons that I don't want to get into too much, but the biggest thing I guess was like, you know what? I wanted to, I wanted to get, I wanted to get paid. I wanted that payday. Right. So, um, I just thought that, but it was more so like, I want to say it was more so the ego factor. I will be, I'm like, I'm one of the best here. I Wait, so so paid, right? as so, you said, I want to, I want to, um, because hang on, I want to preface this by saying, uh, I'm going to defend Tom <laughs> a little bit because he, because uh, I need to, um, at this point, he'd been working in this new role because it, it sounds like because if we if we continue this way, it sounds like you became a scrum master and you're like I'm the best one here. So you became a scrum master. You work there, for, right? Because <laughs> he's at University of Phoenix. He became a scrum master. He worked there for for a, a, a period of time. He was doing really well. Um, he built himself up to become one of the best ones there. Uh, yeah, because at that point, it literally, it, but it literally sounds like, like opinion, yeah, I got the opinion. job and then I was the best, so I left. Uh, no, he I worked left. there for a while, <laughs> built a really big brand, uh, and and okay, yeah. now continue your story. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, 
so I just was like, I, I, I thought I was one of the best, so I wanted to get paid. Uh, but it was more so like, tell me that I'm one of the best. It was basically my way of being like, tell me that I'm one of the best, <laughs> right? But for certain reasons, they, it, it couldn't happen, right? The numbers couldn't add up um, for me. So and I knew what the market was and I knew that I, based on the market, I just, I wasn't there. So I uh, tested, I tested my uh, free agency, if you will, or restrictive free agency. Uh, and I just was, uh, you know, I gave a couple of interviews or gave it several interviews and it was great practice for me. Um, and when I spoke to, when I spoke to the current place, I, I gave an interview and when I was doing the interview, they were asking me questions and while I've never, I didn't even go into it. Like I usually study before an interview, like, okay, what if they ask me this? What if, I went in there, I'm like, you know what? Like, don't, don't fret, don't, don't get too nervous. Don't overthink it. And I went in there and everything they were asking me, it was easy to me because I knew it. So they offered me the job and I didn't per se want to leave University of Phoenix. I've been there for like, I was, I was there for, I want to say eight years or so, right? And I and I built and I went from call center to scrum master, so I just felt like I had so much stock in there. Like I just felt like I, I was there, right? And there was a lot of memories there. So I was like, part of me was like nervous, but a part of me was like, Tom, you, this is a growth moment, right? This is another chapter um, to really test out if you're good enough, because they were willing to pay me what I wanted. But I was like, okay, if they're willing to pay me what I wanted. Let's really test out how good I am. So. I took my talents to the firm, and that's literally what they call it's, it. The uh, firm. Uh, uh, I can say the company, name, right? It's, it's on your LinkedIn, right? Yeah, Edward Jones. But you can say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <Edward> Jones. <laughs> I love I love how Tom uh, made it sound like he's LeBron James. I took my talents uh, to the firm. <laughs> it's like, all right, LeBron. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, 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 that that's what was the biggest thing. I was like, I really want to test out. If I thought I was that good, let's really test it out. So I got paid for it. But now it's really time to put it, uh, you know, into practice. And we're there in the middle. So Edward Jones was in the middle. Listen, we're still in the transformation, but they were very early on, much earlier than the University of Phoenix. And um, I just felt like I, I, like my knowledge and my skill set, it was very, it helped me a lot. Like they were like looking at me, a lot of individuals were initially were looking at me like, wow, this guy has a lot of knowledges in Agile. He, he knows what this, that, and the third is. So it was just a, uh, it was really cool. It was a really cool experience to come in and, and feel like, okay, I can, I can help create change. I can help create impact. And that's what I did. So, and that's what helped my, with my brand, which yeah. got me to this thing. That's awesome. And I think it's like, I think your reasons for like, I can relate to them personally for sure in terms of getting paid what you feel like you're worth. I'm yeah. curious to like hear your thoughts on this, but I, I think this view changes based on generation to so like my dad, for, ex for example, worked for the same company his entire life, basically for like 50 years plus at the same company. And that yeah. was a viewed as an aspect of pride and company loyalty. And like, that was such an awesome accomplishment. And it is, I think like the millennial generation and younger I think mindset has shifted <clears throat> less because I think previously it was like company loyalty was held over personal yeah. achievement in a lot of aspects. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so me and I, I've struggled with this over my career a little bit too of holding company loyalty and 
feeling guilty for looking elsewhere, wanting to interview or wanting to leave. But I am 100% a proponent now. Like I, I am very much so big on loyalty, but for me, it's, yeah. I think because of the size of the companies I worked at and like you've, the companies you've worked at are, are of scale as well. I'm more so like hold my loyalty to the people, like my like direct circle and the people that have impacted yeah. me in my career and the people I work with rather than the name in a lot of situations. Because yeah. at the end of the day, unless you work for a nonprofit, these are for profit businesses. Like the business is for profit. The individuals <clears throat> at, the, at the top of the food chain making decisions like likely don't know me from Jack and Jill. Like they're yeah. going to make decisions that are best for the business just as you Tamed, you shubo like i should make decisions that are best for me and if that yeah. doesn't always align like that's cool that's great like i 100 will never any employee that ever works for me or i work with or person i work in my network if you take a job or get an offer for something that like pays significantly more it's going to be a better move for your family like i 100 like take yeah. it like so yeah. I, my mindset has shifted. I'm, I'm curious, like your thoughts on that of, yes, I think loyalty is a really good quality to have, but I don't think, I don't think your loyalty to anyone or anything else should ever outweigh your loyalty to yourself and your own goals and your own mission. Thoughts. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Tom and you first. <laughs> Tom and what do you think? Does that land like, Oh, so yeah, absolutely. That resonates because I've always just like you, I was very much like, I like, there's something alluring about, you know, being at a company for so long, right? And just yeah. like building relationships and, and all that. Being the fruits of your labor. And, yeah. And also the brand, right? Like your brand speaks volumes and they're like, oh, this like Ever Jones, there's a lot of people who've been here. 20 30 years, like a lot of the workforce a lot of the people that work here i've been here for 20 or 30 years. I, like i thought at university of phoenix that people who were there for like 10 15 years that was a lot oh my goodness edward jones people have been here since like the 80s or something like it was it's been it's crazy um or maybe even before that too but for but as of recently I have, I have kind of transitioned into, it's a little bit of balance, right? Life is all about balance. So I do love the loyalty. I do love like staying here and thinking about, okay, how can I make the impact? How can I help with this, this organization, this culture, anything. Um, but then like with Sony, I've had obviously with this new age, uh, I've asked several people and I'm like, Hey, like, are you about, <laughs> are you about loyalty? I've asked that same question and they're like, no. No, I gotta look out for myself, <laughs> and I think that's seeped into my brain now. Where it's like, you know, I I want as much as because I know I go into work every day and I try my best to take care of my people. I try my best to take care of my team, my leadership team. I try my best to uphold our brand and our culture. <clears throat> I want the same respect anywhere I am. I want them to treat me the same way. I want them to take care of me the same way and have that same intent, right? I want that. So. I want to say, like, if I don't feel like I get that, like, that is something that anybody would take into consideration. Well, I'm not getting that respect. I feel like I got to, again, my life is changing. I'm married now, right? I'm married. So I have, I, right? Yeah. So I need to think about not just myself, but my wife and our future family and what's best for us. So 
um sometimes it is what it is that that's the best way i can say it like if i can and if the opportunities present itself within the place that i'm at awesome i'll i'll take it but sometimes it's a mix of what's best for yourself what's best for your family um and also what's sometimes you just need a fresh start right sometimes your company will give you consistent opportunities but you know maybe you just need a fresh start right maybe you need a, a learning growth because i think that's what happened to me at university of phoenix that i was um you know i needed i needed a fresh start i've been there for a long time and i was i was like you know what maybe this is my opportunity to really put myself out there um and just really test out my skills and test out my knowledge and, and this kind of so forth so i have transitioned into more in the middle now because before i was mm-hmm. all about loyalty mm-hmm. now i think i'm more in the middle whereas in hey i want to see what i can do here um and just and when things go left or right then i'll address it sometimes yeah game planning your future is part of it right um but i i like to just kind of i have like a yeah i i like to game plan as much as i can but i never i'm never like oh by this date or by this time i'm leaving whatever right uh, i want to see preferably what opportunities i can get here or, or there and then just uh, you know when the opportunity when certain opportunities present itself then i can then i'll probably think about it but yeah so more so in the middle i think the question. biggest thing about i think the biggest thing about loyalty awesome. is that it's a two way street and i think the reason things have changed is because um the re- like no one believes in today's day and age that or okay take that back i think the reason people leave is because they also know that companies will, will let you go or lay you off whenever they need to and so they're like why wouldn't i do that when it's right for me and do it at the whim of the company right so i think that's cuz when you know mm-hmm. over the past few years we you know companies stepped away from pensions companies you know after the 80s started doing layoffs for the sake of hey we have a target financially that's why we're doing layoffs not that the company won't run but we want, we said we're going to hit x financial targets so this is why we need to do it so I think once that started happening, why would people not look out for themselves? Because you're, you know, it's like you leave in five years on your own whim, yeah. or you get laid off at year eight or eight, year nine. So it's like that's what it that's what it comes down to. And I think that's what makes it. I don't want to say it makes it. I think it's okay regardless. I don't think you need anything to make it okay. But I think that's one thing where you, if someone, if a company's like, oh, like there's no loyalty left in the workforce, uh, which th- th- hasn't been said recently, but I think there was an article about it a few years ago. Um, and it's just like, well, there's no loyalty on the other side. It's the same. It's essentially the same. And so um, yeah. it is lo- It is about loyalty. I think it- it's never changed about being loyalty, but I think now people just see that it's it's a two-way street. Yeah. And I, just to add on that, like there have been, especially at my current uh, place of employment, I, there have been so many, like so many people, 20, 30, sometimes I want to say 40 years was like the craziest that I heard, but there's so many people that say because of, I think that like my firm really does a good job. They're putting even more intent now to really see how can we, not just bring in talent, how can we keep talent, right? So I really think that like, that's helping the brand even more. I think that's helping with just the culture. So that's what I'm excited about to see all these people stay for this long. I, and I'm, I'm slowly seeing why I'm still fairly, I'm, I'm, I'm about two years. I think I just celebrated my two year anniversary at Ever Jones like recently. So thank you, thank you. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm still fairly new. People looking at me like a baby at Ever Jones, but I am slowly seeing why like people are staying for so long. Right. And I'm excited to be a part of like 
this brand, this firm, and see what I can do to, you know, again, you're right, Shubo, you're, you're right, Brand. like company loyalty is huge. So like they can cut you at any time, right? They can cut me at any time, but as long as they continue to show me that loyalty and, and that, and that like, um, that excitement towards me, I, I love doing the same towards them and stuff like that. So, yeah. That makes sense. Um, tell us about your transition from the, the progression in your roles at your current company, your scrum master too. And then now you're in leading a team. <clears throat> what was that transition? What does your role entail? Yeah. Um, so I, I was, I was looking for the next step in my career. So I was like impact, right? How do I build, how do I create impact? That's my biggest thing. So I was like, I love being a scrum master, but I think the next step that I need to take is, is really leading. I feel like that's something that's always, again, allured me. Like I, I, sports is huge for me and I have a lot of very great leadership figures around me, like whether it's mentors or, uh, you know, family, friends, I see a lot of individuals and it, and it really motivates me. So when that role, when that opportunity presented itself, I was like, I want to, I've never had actual formal leadership experience, but I feel like I've had moments in my career or in roles in my career that have entailed leadership. Right. So I, uh, I took it, I took a chance and I didn't think that I would really get it per se, but I thought that if I did get the opportunity that I'd be all right at it. Um, I had to take like a whole formal test. I had to get special approval from my leader at that time who I actually work with on a daily basis now, which is pretty cool. Um, but <clears throat> I had to take a formal simulation test, which was like a two or three hour simulation test. I bomb in my mind, I bombed it. I thought I bombed what it. What was that yeah, test like? What was the simulation test? How's it so structured? Basic, so basically, um, the simulation test was, it's, it's done through a third party. And you are a, you start the, the first day on, on the job as a CEO or director. Uh, at this uh, make-believe company and it's the first day things are hectic things are going fire your email they give you like this whole simulation thing where like you have an email and all this stuff and your email is blown up this and that and you got to like you just got to get through it like you got to like address certain things this and that whatever and in in there you also have you also have like there's paid actors so three times during that simulation once every hour or once every two hours i forget a paid actor would call you and pretend that they were like one of the like yeah, live and it's not live. recorded so they would, no they would call me on my phone and they would they would play the hey i'm john doe i'm director of uh you know finances huh. of the company uh i'm going through this with your your employee what do you say <laughs> and i've never had formal leadership experience i was like so like hey man call my boss dude i had a long yeah, day <laughs> hey man <laughs> so, no I'm sorry i don't take i don't got calls. time for this man i gotta go to lunch no. so, the, <laughs> so like in the beginning of the simulation i was doing fine i was like pacing myself and i was doing fine but then what they do is they speed it up so your email starts getting bombarded mm. so i'm trying to tackle all the tasks i get a phone call <clears throat> and i'm like oh shit i get the phone call and it's the third phone call it's the final one and it's a situation that <laughs> I had to read before the call. I had to read something to prep me, to prep me for the call. <laughs> I had no idea what was going on. So she, the actor was like, oh, you're, you're, your person is doing this, blah, blah, blah. And she was being really vague about it. So I had no idea what so I said. So it's literally like 
there's no actual answer. It's very much like, how are you going to deal with this situation? That's what right? I was wondering. It's a, it's like, a, are they cooking? Yeah. Are they expecting a set response from you, or how do they evaluate your response? <clears throat> they, I don't know how they evaluate. I think they just gauge about your thought process, yeah. your solution thinking, all that stuff. So, but that one, I know I for sure bombed because she <laughs> told me the third actor told me this is the situation, blah 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 blah, and I was like, all right, this is what I want you to do, okay? I want you, I'm going to set up a meeting with you on Monday. <laughs> and we're going to talk through this together, okay? And the actor, the actor, literally, and the, the actor, usually you're just like talking to it, but I had oh, no. no idea. I had no, and the actor literally <laughs> almost killed the character. They were like, um. <laughs> no, oh, the actor okay. gave up. Yeah. like, listen, like, this ain't for you. Like, this, this ain't for you. Don't, don't listen. Baby, don't do this again. <laughs> don't, don't do this again. Yeah, but... You know, I didn't. Get, I, I didn't get to finish the simulation. No, no, I think you are. Like, I, I think, think they just heard the answer. The they were like, because, "Listen, this guy, yeah, no more, I no more." <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but then there was a follow-up uh, person who called me after the simulation from the third-party vendor, and he asked me some follow-up questions. I'm sorry. There was one question he asked me. I asked him to repeat it. Hold on. I asked him to repeat it. <laughs> it made less sense for him to repeat no, it. No, and, no. And, and then I answered no, no. it. I answered it, and he goes, <laughs> I don't think No, I'm, I'm no. laughing. The reason I'm laughing I is I know God. Tommy, and I know I what happens when he gets, like, flustered. So I'm literally picturing him just sweating. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. I don't think you understood the question. It was so bad. But, you know, <laughs> but besides the simulation, besides the simulation, I also had, like, a actual interview with the hiring team. Oh, you, and I think that you got the job after that? Bonds, you know, they asked me some questions. No, so no, I had the simulation, okay. and I had to do an interview with. Uh, with do you think there's people yeah, out yeah. there? I mean, do you think there's people out there that do the simulation know, and they don't even talk to the hiring lead because I actually get it right? I don't know, but that was. <laughs> but no, they they were asking me a lot of like leadership questions, like you know, leadership philosophies, or how would you handle this, this and that, and I just answered truthfully. Um, and they again, they took a chance on me. I built a brand, and I think my leader at the time. She wasn't on the panel, but the hiring leader, who's now my leader, she reported to her. So she was telling her some good stuff about me. So, and I was doing some other extra, extra tasks during my scrum master time, um, where it kind of helped put me out there. Where people started, like I volunteered for like an RTE role to just be a volunteer RTE for like a PI, the PI planning for two days. I just volunteered. I was like, it's an opportunity. Let me try it. I did so well that the the person I was working with wrote a whole email, CC'd me, but then sent it to my sent it to my department leader, who's now my leader, and was saying Tom was so amazing, did this, did that, that the stakeholders that he was speaking to were requesting him back for the next PI. And I'm like, wow, like that meant so much. And she didn't need to write that that email or anything, but I and I appreciate it. it's those moments, it's those people that really go out of their way to like help giving you a stepping stone right and i think that was so helpful so i think that helped and i got the role and i was so surprised but at the same time i was like not nah. i was like i'm him i'm i'm him i think i got what it takes like yeah i'm him right yeah so yeah so yeah that's that's that was the transition and then in the beginning it was a little nerve-wracking but i always look back and i'm like dude i was able to get the scrum master role at my last employer I was drinking from a fire hydrant. I was so intimidated my first week or two weeks on the job or first month, if you will, that everything else, I'm like, I got what it takes. I have the potential. Just tap into it. It'll take time to get in the groove, but just 
tap into it. Like even like simple things like one-on-ones. Oh my goodness. And people who are older than me, you know how like that was intimidating in the beginning, right? Like, but then I just realized that they hired me for a reason. I have some skill sets. My team right now is ironically RTEs, agile coaches, project leaders, and scrum masters, predominantly scrum masters. So I, I speak their language. I was there. So even though I might be either same age, maybe older than a few or younger than a few, I still value my opinion because I was in the trenches with them. I've, you know, I got some battle scars and when I'm talking to them, I'm relating to them. And yeah, I think it helps a lot. But I also think that like my values on leadership um, also help a lot too, right? Sometimes it's not, sometimes it's not about scrum. Maybe it's just about how to go through a situation or how to speak or how to communicate with different audiences or whatever. I think that like I, my leadership intangibles that I may have, I think it does help as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I think I told you that I think I, Shuba, I forget the, um, the saying you said before, but I think so often as a leader, yeah, it's like being, I think it's a really important skill to be understand just because like you're leading a team doesn't necessarily mean you're like the expert in that skill, but like the quality of leading and mo- removing roadblocks and lifting people up and developing people. Um, yeah. It's like humbling yourself. And Shu, what was the term you used? Do you remember? I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't remember which. I'm no. sorry. I say a lot of. I say a lot of cool, memory lot of shit cool things. Today, um, <laughs> no, but I think <clears throat> to what you're to to what both of you are saying. And Tom had brought up Ted Lasso way before, so I'm going to use Ted Lasso as an ex- example. Mind you, it is a fictional show, but <laughs> with that being said, I love the show because the only thing Ted Lasso brings to the team is who he is and his philosophy. He doesn't know Great shit about soccer, <laughs> football. He doesn't know anything about shit. it. He just surrounds himself with people, his coaching staff, who know soccer. And then he just brings in – and that's what leadership has become. Yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. When I look at – when you know, Tom, you talked about having people on your team um, older than you, and I've, I've had that. Um, what, what, what we realize today and yeah. the shift that's happening over the past few years is understanding that leadership itself is a skill, right? And so it doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. If you're a good leader, you're a good leader. And the thing is you can have 50 years of experience, but you could be a shitty leader. Right. And I've had that. I've had bosses that were um, and and it happens uh, a lot in actual like sales teams or something. It's like he was the best salesperson. He had, you know, millions of dollars billing. And I hope he doesn't hear. Well, I, I didn't say name names, but um, shit leader. Right. <laughs> like and, and I, you know, at the end of the day, uh, it, it comes down to. You can you can do the job and maybe that's what you should do. But leadership is different. Because there are people out there, actually, if you look at a lot of coaches in sports, most of them actually never play the sport past a certain point. But even if they did, they weren't like Michael Jordan's not a wasn't a great coach. Actually, if you see him as his front office record, it's not it's not awesome. Um, you know, and if you look at like yeah. even uh, the coaches today, like Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr is actually a bomb <laughs> example. OK, Steve Kerr was on Michael Jordan's team. Steve Kerr, if you look at his, he was de- he was an okay player. He has some some really good time shots, but he wasn't Michael Jordan. He wasn't Scottie Pippen. You know, he wasn't even uh, Dennis Rodman, right? He was the fifth guy, maybe sometimes the sixth guy, but he came into it, and coaching was different. Coaching is a different skill set. So, um, you know, at, with that being said, when you said you know you have people that are that are older than you, they they might have the experience in scrum in 
project management, whatever it may be. But leadership is a different game and they need you to guide them from that perspective. Um, and, and that's the beauty of, I think, the time we live in today, yeah. because I very much think in the 90s, in the 80s, it wasn't about like leadership wasn't a skill. It's like, oh, you've been here for 20 years. You should be a director. Oh, you've been here for 20 years. That's, that's it. how the track and was today. Yeah. The thought process of is even yeah. in IT, you know, even in IT, if you look <laughs> at it, there are people that are going to be architects, principal architects. That's an IC role. Right. And that same person can have a mirror person that's a team leader, that's a director. Right. Or that's a that's, you know, senior director, or even a VP, some principal or some art architects could be at that level as well. But their skill set is in the IC in the doing. Right. Um, so I think if we can continue yeah. as a culture in tech to, to differentiate that and, and appreciate that, that's the secret, because the difference was if you looked at the if, at companies back in the day, if someone wasn't going to want to go into leadership, well, then they were just going to be like a developer and they're going to be a very senior developer. Right. There was no, no career and you were stuck and you weren't going to make more and you weren't. Gonna, and, that, and, and it's so sad because those are Good the point. people today that you see them at that next level where they actually are managing, but it's different. They don't have direct reports, but they're still influencing. They're still mentoring. Um, and the growth factors there. So I think, yeah, when it comes to leadership, I think Ted Lasso, even though it's fictional, I love it because it's just, it shows over the three seasons, you see like he goes from, oh, like I'm learning about football to being like, no, like it really is about culture. And then he just understands what's important in the culture. So anyway. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I, 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 one thing about the Ted Lasso thing, um, he is himself. And I think also is the only thing that he stands on or that he brings to is his beliefs and pillars that he believes in, which translate into leadership, right? So I think the two things that will make leaders, people leaders and not people managers, like the differentiator is to be, I think a solid leader is, one is having foundations or pillars that you naturally believe in, right? That you naturally believe in. Like I've spoken to Shubo, I've gone to, like I've obviously built brotherhood with Shubo, and I know there are certain things he believes in, right, that make him a great leader. Uh, I also think, along with having those pillars as a person, um, I think you also need to always be open to learning. And I know that sounds so simple, but for leaders, especially people who have been in an industry or their role for a long time, when you're in that role or you're in leadership, sometimes you continue on that trajectory, but you're you start plateauing or stagnating and you build those bad habits sometimes. I am who I am or I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing and I'm getting my, I'm getting roles, I'm getting uh, like promotions, this and that, this and that. But a lot of times what makes a great leader is really just always open to like adding something new to your tool belt, right? Like knowing that like every person you meet, every person that comes onto your team is gonna bring a different thing. Um, so just always open to be learning because sometimes again, like younger leaders, are, are, it's, again, it's alluring because they're fresh, right? And it might be intimidating for those individuals, but you also got to learn that you're, you don't have any bad habits yet. Hopefully not, right? But I think that's such a great quality of like, and not saying that all people who have been in leadership for so long have a lot of bad habits or anything, but it's just when you come into something, I, when I came to this leadership role, I, yes, I was doing some sort of leadership with Scrum, but like, I didn't have a chance yet to have any bad, bad habits. And I was like, you know what? I'm fresh into this right now. I don't want to build any. 
I'm constantly asking for feedback. I'm constantly asking. Um, and I think that's just my personality too. Like, I don't like knowing that I'm like making certain like people uncomfortable or forcing certain things to happen or whatever. So I'm always just wanting to, okay, I'm, I'm bringing my pillars I'm bringing my beliefs, but I'm always open to, Hey, if I'm not doing something right, how can I make it better? Right. So I think those are two things amongst many, but two things that I think that um, really help individuals go into leadership and even propel them. Yeah. I th asking questions is huge. Totally, I think that's, that that's probably the biggest thing that's, if anyone's missing is like, like, cause I, I so when I, when I yeah. was interviewing for, for the, for this role, um, someone asked me like, what would you do? What, what changes would you do? Or what would you do when you, as soon as you get here? I was like, I don't know. I have to ask everyone like what the situation is, right? Like, cause some, some leaders get into a new organization and they just start making changes based on what they think is right. I think the biggest thing is coming in. It's like, let's do an audit of what's working, what's not working, where are we at and make incremental changes rather than this is what I'm used to. So this is what we, anyway, but the, so I think feedback questions, learning is, is huge. I also think, I think everyone, and I think no matter what, and I'm not, I'm not speaking evil on you, Thomas, but I think at some point, no matter what, you're going to have bad habits. And I think it's just it's just being aware of oh this this, going is, to. this has become a bad habit let's fix it rather than again like you said before I am who I am type of deal yeah um, <clears throat> yeah no I love yeah. it. I love it I love that we're talking about leadership and it's it's so exciting it's, but but also learning is so important in tech because tech is changing so often that you have to learn um, but anyway uh, I don't want to I don't want to beat the beat the horse um, what I want to ask about next is about what's next. That's what I want to ask you about. So um, where you're at now, we talked about leadership. We talked about where you're at. Um, what do you, you know, not right away, but let's say like next five years or whatever, like what's the next challenge or what's the next thing that's in interesting to you or intriguing you? Like what's the itch? Um, <clears throat> so I've, that's, the, that's a really good question. I, there's certain things that like catch my eye, like I think you guys saw that I got my. Tom just wants to manager. just let everyone know that so, he got that. He wants to. He wants but, to mention that but, to everybody. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but just like I'm always constantly trying to see like how I can because I love two things: leadership and I love creativity. I've always been a creative kid. Like when I was a younger, like when I was a boy, like I was always drawing. I was always like making jokes. That's create. Tell us creativity. about creativity. Like, tell I us about your YouTube channel, Tom. It didn't work out. <laughs> I, I was, I was his biggest fan. I actually really loved it. And it's still up there. So if you guys are wondering, look up Too Much Timids. T-O-O-M-U-C-H-T-M-I-D-Z. No, no. It, it's it's worth watching. It's, it's really, actually, it's really funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then I started a fitness company for 10 days, and then it didn't, oh didn't work out. Because uh, I had lost the weight, and I was like, oh, I'm a fitness expert. You're oh, trying things. That's cool. Yeah, but I just love being, I want, I love being creative. So now like product, like before I was like acting, I would love to be an actor, but, but now it's like, as I've gotten into my career, I love leadership, but how do I marry or bring in creativity into my role, into leadership? Right. So I love, I, I love doing that now in my current role. Other, there's other roles out there that definitely like product development. I love that. I love that stuff, you know? So, um, Definitely, and there's a lot of product development going on in Edward Edward Jones, and, and a lot of great stuff happening. So, um, yeah, very very interested in that stuff. I just love talking that stuff, product development, customer research, like understanding who you're trying to like intrigue, who you're trying to get. I just think that that's so cool, the whole art of it. 
and really just you think you know your customer you think you know your end user but you really don't sometimes and i don't know all, all that stuff is just really I, I love that stuff um next five years next 10 years i want to open up a coffee shop with my wife like that is so cute that's so cool. yeah yeah but where do you live she she got, Phoenix, it's Phoenix. Valley. Just say Phoenix. Don't here. don't give us it's, extra it's, words. He's in, <laughs> oh, yeah. in the boonies next to the airport. No, it, yeah. it's uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, Phoenix, please. <laughs> but yeah, but my wife created. She came up with a cool name. I don't want to say it just in case. Oh yeah, you got it. No, I did. Yep. And, uh, no, but I would really, I honestly would ten year plan would be create one and then travel, and just taste different coffees, get different coffee beans with her. And then bring it back, and then we just—I would love that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just right now. It's a, I'm really focused on career, and also my marriage, my it. house. And I love that. So, yeah, life. It's, I love that. It's he, the balance. No, what right? I love though yeah, is it's what we were balance. talking about earlier when we say like, "What do you do?" I love that he didn't just talk about like work stuff. That—that's what that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm more than just that. <laughs> I think it's just like yeah, it's how people identify, but it was. Someone had brought that up once to me. It was like when someone asks you what you do or telling me about yourself, so often the first response people give is their job. Um, but if that's how they identify, that's cool. Um, I was just about DTP to say that. I was just, okay, you read my mind. You read my mind. All right. Cool. So, <laughs> what, wait, 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 what did you, what did you say? Well, I know. That's, six letters in a row. So at the end... At the end of every episode, uh, guest episode, okay. we do um, the Dear Tech Podcast FAQs. Mm. So we will ask you a fast five questions. Um, we're we'll looking for like quick responses. If you want to elaborate, totally feel free. Um, okay. But really just looking to wrap up and get to know you a little bit better and share some of your insights with our audience. Cool? Okay, let's do it. I'm, I'm down. Let's do it. Okay. What is the best advice you've ever received from someone? You don't have to say something. You don't have to use one of one of my advices. It's okay. You could say someone else's. Shubo has given me a lot of good, great. No, advice. you don't have to use mine. You don't have to. Use, uh, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. No, because I'm not gonna use. I'm gonna use. Just uh, don't don't try to make yourself. And I know this sounds so cliche, so generic, but I'm, again, you guys know my story now. Shubo's been known, but friend, now you know my story. So it does mean a lot more, but don't try to be someone you're not. Because again, when I was trying to be a, in the start of my Scrum career, I was trying to be more. After I realized that my personality Enough. wasn't um, permeating with them, yeah, mm. I was like trying to be more serious. I was trying to be more serious, and it just wasn't. It was weird to me. So I remember my leader or one of my mentors was like, "Don't try to be someone you're not. Learn as mm. much as you can, but keep that same spirit. Your mm. spirit is what differentiates you." Um, so I have, I have kept that like, not just that in my career, but also life in general. Like if I feel like I'm being someone I'm not, that's, it's not healthy for me. I, I got to keep my same mm-hmm. spirit. I got to, you know, mental health and everything. So I want to always be true to who I am. Cause honestly, that's why I married my wife. Like I am who I am like truly with her. <laughs> I love you. So nice. <laughs> He's, getting many, He's getting as many brownie points as possible. I uh, hope she pops in right now. I wouldn't, honestly, knowing their relationship, she's probably standing right in front of him. That's just like... fucking funny. <laughs> she might be napping right now. She, I don't know. She might have not heard that, but you have to show her this. Yeah, she better. She better watch it. You guys better watch it separately. Yeah. I need the views. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> what is a favorite quote or saying you have? I love you. Uh, he's talking to his wife. No. I don't, he just randomly, <laughs> randomly. <laughs> she's like, she came, she's like, are you talking to me? Are you saying I'm not going to edit that out. Like, yeah. Your favorite you. quote. Oh, sorry. Uh, what was that question, man? I'm sorry. Oh, you're good. Yep. Favorite quote or saying you have? Oh, favorite quote or saying. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you think real quick. I want to say oh, so when you said man. best advice, you, you, Brian, when you asked him that, he every I'm, I'm gonna say this because people should know every wedding speech he's ever done, he's given the couple the same advice each time. So I thought he was gonna say that one. <laughs> you should do share it, it now. Do it. This is, his... what is it? <laughs> literally, <laughs> I, like he's done like six or seven wedding speeches. <laughs> everyone, everyone. He, beginning is like very, very, very good, and the ending same is always the same. Cutter. Must be a yeah. good speech if everyone keeps asking you to give options. it. Um, no, and and none of the none of the people in the weddings know each other. Like it's always different weddings. That's so, so no, true. everyone's like always prepared. I'm always fresh content every time. Yeah. So the species. <laughs> so the part he the line he's talking about is if you want to go fast, go alone. And if you want to go far, go together. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, okay. If I had to favorite think, quote. <laughs> favorite quote. Favorite quote. Putting me on the spot. I'm gonna think of something different. Um, there Ooh. is no spoon. The Matrix. There is no spoon. There what? There is no spoon. Have you you haven't seen the Matrix? I don't know what that means. That's your homework. Like fifteen years ago, watch the Matrix. So okay, how I interpret? Tell us the story. Like you can. Yeah, like quick peanut version. Peanut version of what? Okay, peanut version. Okay, peanut version is he's waiting for the oracle. Like Neo is waiting to speak to the prophecy teller, right? And he's waiting and he sees all these kids with powers and then when he's like this this kid is like playing with the spoon and he's bending it with his mind whatever and neo tries it and he's not able to like he's like it's just a fucking spoon what are you doing and the kid goes the trick to everything is knowing that there is no spoon so basically you're creating your it's own the matrix so, your yeah, yeah. your mental capacity right yeah it's a matrix you can do whatever the hell you want the, the you, if you want to bend the spoon it there is no spoon. No, that, that right. So I don't know. That, that, I'll be honest. No, that, that, that was a good one. one. It would have been, been like, a little bit better for the reference, but that was actually very deep. Uh, yeah, but, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure I won't be the no, only. No, everyone watched the Matrix. No it's a very good. Uh, it's a very good dialogue on <laughs> the idea of like we live in a simulation and everything science. Um, Create your own reality. <laughs> anyway, no. It's, it's, Love it. And I'm not saying. The whole matrix is like, oh, like, like I know yeah, a lot yeah. of people no, know, no, like, no. oh, life is a simulation. Yeah. I'm not trying to talk about all that. All I'm saying that scene right there, the sp- no spoon. To me, I think it's huge. Like sometimes you think of uh, like a like a blockers in front of you in life or whatever, and it's like you're only making yeah. it as big as it can, like as it is. Like so, and there's always ways around it, or ways to be creative and. Just knowing no, that and, you're and not every evil, every adversity water, is so. in your head, right? Like every so something. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal it, and I know we're wrapping up, but I still gonna say it. You can't worry yourself out of a worry, right? Like if it's something you're worried about, just by worrying about it, like it's not doing anything. So Ooh. with the same thing with the spoon, it's all in your head. That's a good one. And anyway, I'm we could do this all day. Yeah, but we're not gonna. All right, <laughs> we could do this all day. Okay, you guys no, can no, continue. Tommy has plans after this, so he already told me. Uh. Okay, what is a oh what what is the best thing you've ever been gifted? Birkenstocks. I will say the best gift, and I'm not not <laughs> a Birkenstocks is number two actually. Uh, after I broke, the I, I bought them for him. That's why. That's why we said uh, I bought them. Anyway, continue. One, continue. <laughs> number one gift 
and I'm not just saying this because I'm I'm sure she's listening. But my wife, <laughs> but my wife, last year for my birthday, she got me this. Uh, I don't want. I can't take it off because it's like bolted onto the wall. Oh, but cool. she, like 2018, yeah, 2018, I did a 10k, uh, and that was so I, my first 10k was 2017. Remember, 2018, the entire year after my first 10k, I kept the kept the fitness my my confidence was through the roof my my diet was even i've never been more focused and just more sharp in my life right when it comes to those factors in 2018 i was even more even more driven and i beat my first year's time by like 11 minutes which is a big deal to me right um so i i got a medal from it and i i gave it i gave her that medal when we were dating and i was like this is this medal means the most to me because it showed me that I pushed myself and whatever. So this means so much to me and I'm giving it to you and hopefully you, know, <laughs> you get back and you get oh married and live together God, again. And, how and, cute is and, this? Yeah. and so she printed out the picture and then she has the medal and it's in like a glass case. On a frame. Fucking, it's so dope. It's so, so I look at it every day and I'm like, <laughs> I was so thin and now I'm just a fat lover. I was so thin. <laughs> so I was so thin. <laughs> <laughs> no, but she she's a great gift giver, but that is hands down the best gift. That's awesome. I love that. Um guilty pleasure. What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, just guilty pleasure. Guilty ooh. pleasure. Uh, guilty pleasure is guilty pleasure. Like I wanna say like <laughs> mine's uh, pie. I'm not, Wait, what happened? I said mine's pie. This is pie. <laughs> I think for me, I would have to say, uh, I want to say like a Snickers bar. Snickers mm. has always been my favorite. So like, when I really need something, when I'm like down or I need something, I I need a Snickers bar. Like, like I'm being so like that is, and I don't, and I try not to. Again, oh, like, isn't Snickers the commercial where you've? Is it Snickers where you have to eat it to become? Yeah, yeah. Like, you're not yourself. You're, you're not, not you're yourself. Like, a you're pterodactyl, not yourself, oh, you're or you eat it, yeah, and then yeah, yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's okay, that's my cool. guilty pleasure. Um, so I would say that, yeah, love it. Um, last one, what is one piece of advice you would give someone who is trying to get to where you are? Oh man, I would have to say, you really, if you really got ambitions and goals, if you really want to. Like do different things. And you're not happy with where you are. You gotta put. Yourself Wait, can you can you say it again? You, you gotta, gotta what? You may. You gotta. You gotta put yourself out there. Mm. You have to. A lot of people, they have a lot of goals, a lot of, uh, like a lot of a lot of things that they want to do, but they just, they're not. They're either afraid or they don't want to put the work in, right? Mm -hmm. I, I heard a quote the other day from Mike Tomlin, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach, and he said. I'm going to butcher. I'm not even going to attempt it. But he said being basically saying, he said, I know a lot of people who can do something. I know a lot fewer people who are, uh, <laughs> I don't even know why I brought this up. I don't even know the quote anymore. <laughs> I don't even know the quote. He's like, I know a lot of people who are capable of doing something. I know a lot less people who are willing to put in the work. It's what you're willing to do. I being capable mm. and willing to do two different things. So that's the quote. Let me read So if you edit it, that's really so I can edit it. No, stop, everybody. No, hold up. Stop, stop, stop. Ready? 
Okay, ready? So I heard a quote the other day, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. And Mike Tomlin, he said a quote. Uh, he said, a quote. He said <laughs> I know a lot of people who are capable. I know a lot less fewer people. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to edit it. We're not editing it. We're not editing it. This is what I was scared of. I I told Fred, I was like, this is good. This is, this interview is tough for me because I have to behave. And it's so hard for me to behave when Tom is around. Like I've been really good this interview, but the us just laughing and me crying all the time. Like that's what we do on a regular basis. But that is great advice. It's what we do. But I will say. We're not editing that though. A lot of our conversations, like Shubo and I, like will be if, if if there was a fly on the wall or if there was a camera, about eighty-five to ninety-five percent of it, it's almost like I don't even think the Pentagon would be able to code it. Like it, <laughs> oh, it so makes true. no sense. Our like we we speak a different language, but like five percent of the conversations, almost every conversation, there's a gem. But but the he rest of it something. is literally I, I always gibberish. learn something. He learned something. Uh, like it, <laughs> there's no Morse code that is more difficult than our language. But I would say if you really want to get to where you are. And you've got those goals and ambition, whatever it is, it can be whatever. You gotta be like, okay, incapable, but what am I willing to do to get there? Right. So that's that's my biggest Love that. Advice. Love that. That was awesome. I think. That wow. Rings. All right. Well, Tamid, uh, we're just about to wrap up. Is there anything you want to add? Any any final things? Do you want to give us the URL for a YouTube page or? No, I. I... <laughs> no. Uh, but I will say, I will say, I appreciate you guys for having me on. This was a great time. Um, I think you guys are doing a phenomenal job. Seriously, this is continuously growing and I love the topics that you guys talk about and I know it's helpful for me. So it's, I know it's helpful for a lot of other people. So keep on keeping on and yeah, appreciate you both. Seriously. Thank you so much, Tom. it was awesome to have you on and I loved hearing about your trajectory and all the shit you and Shuba You haven't into. heard the half of it. Uh, no, this is great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, ne- <laughs> maybe, probably never. Uh, I don't think we should ever talk about that stuff. Um, yeah, me and Tom have known each other for over a decade. There's there's way too much in there. But thank you. Yeah, this was fun. And, uh, you know, hope to have you back on here at, when you have your coffee shop. We can talk about that too. Even though it's not tech, but we'll figure it out. Yes. Thank you.